The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers, Saskatchewan's premier distillery, and by the Pilot Bowens Brewing Company, brewed in the heart of Regina. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the Internet's only CFL Realignment Podcast. I'm Joel Gasson, not with John Fraser this week, as he's off uh, gallivanting through the forest in northern Ontario or something like that. Um, essentially the part of Ontario that's still Manitoba, quite frankly. Uh, so I, of course, joined this week by not John Fraser, and that is the CBC's Dan Plaster. Dan. Hey! Bringing in, uh, you know what? It seems like you only bring me in when they lose, so... Um... I mean, that's, in fairness, that's... It's been happening a lot. A lot. Few years. <laughs> so. Like you never got me early in the season. It's like, okay, dad, uh, let's do this. I'm like, okay, well, no, it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, John goes away at generally the same time of year and the riders tend to fall apart generally at the same time of year, I suppose. So it all just, it all just kind of adds up. <laughs> I think, yeah, he's, it's, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it is his fault. Let's just blame it on John. It's always John's fault. Always John. Everything's John's fault. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know if the riders' play is necessarily John's fault. I don't believe we he phrased or cursed them into anything that we've seen to this point, uh, but it's possible. Um, the riders, of course, suffered another pretty bad loss to the Toronto Argonauts, so I don't think I don't think anyone is too surprised about the loss. More so that how the loss happened is probably more concerning the loss itself, all things considered. Uh, so we're going to talk about that game. Uh, we're going to talk about the continuing of Mason Fine being the riders' starting quarterback. And despite all of this, how they still may control their own destiny, thanks to uh, the Calgary Stampeders, who are about to face a bit of a murderer's row in their next four games. But as I like to do when one Dan Plaster is on the show, of course, as you may know, uh, Dan and I share a love for the sport of college football. And right now, the sport of college football is just, it is going through a bananas realignment period. Probably one of the craziest we've seen in quite some time. Um, We're not going to bore you with the details of who's going where, who's potentially going where, who may be going where, or who may not be going anywhere, or whether a conference may soon exist or not, the Pac-12. But we are going to play a little game. Uh, We've decided that because everyone in the world of football, at least college athletics, is realigning, um, CFL teams are apparently going to, we're going to play CFL teams realigned within, um, the NCAA's conferences, 
Um, I kind of sprung this on Dan today. I don't really know how much time he had to think about it because he does have a day job as well. Um, but I'm sure knowing him and knowing me, this is something we've kind of dumbly thought about in the past, just sitting on our own time anyway. Uh, so, Dan, where do you think? Where do you think we should start in terms of putting CFL teams into college conferences in realignment? Well, we'll start with the easiest one, and that's our home, or our current home province in Saskatchewan. I think Saskatchewan, they reek like Iowa State, like Kansas, like K-State. I think the Rough Riders go to the Big 12. They join Houston and such Big 12 stalwarts like now Colorado and BYU. It makes complete sense. I mean, sure, stylistically and perhaps geographically to a degree, it, though the Big 12 doesn't really make sense geographically anymore. Um, it makes a little bit of sense. To me, I was leaning more toward the Riders in the SEC just because of like a big oh. legacy brand, you know, sort of legacy brand business and, you know, sort of Oklahoma, Texas-ish going into the SEC just to kind of be forgotten about. <laughs> See, I, I like that. Okay, so I'm going to write that in. You say SEC. Yeah. It's funny when I when I just quickly did it in my head, mm. I avoided the SEC except for one team. Okay, and it's a strange one, but I it, it's the same reason why you put Saskatchewan in there, and it'll be the same sort of Vanderbilt, Missouri kind mm. of Mississippi State sort of reasons. Okay, yeah, say so it's like the, it's the Eastern Division version of the Saskatchewan Riders. Okay, I think <laughs> I know where you're going. Yeah. Um, Along those notes, um, speaking of the Big 12, because they are now apparently a basketball conference, mm. as people talk about this, yep. as well, at least as their commissioner apparently is telling everyone they are now a basketball conference, um, because if the Toronto Organauts were to join the Big 12, which now has nothing to do with geography, um, it would in a roundabout way give them access to the Toronto Raptors, which is, of course, basketball and would fit in with the Big 12. Oh, we are complete opposite. I went Toronto <laughs> Plus, SEC. See, oh, I was thought you. I think you're thinking maybe Hamilton SEC. No, uh, they're going to our favorite conference. They're going to the MAC. <laughs> I mean, that fits. That fits. That works. <laughs> that's the easiest through and through. Hamilton's the easiest one out of all of this. They are mm-hmm. a MAC team. They always will be a MAC team. That's what they are. Yeah, I, I just thought. Okay, Big Twelve has picked. You know they've they've sort of targeted um, some decent football programs in bigger markets that aren't necessarily powerhouses within their own markets. So that fits the Toronto Argonauts bill. And then of course there's the whole we like basketball now, and then they can sort of say, well, the Raptors are now part of the Big Twelve. Well, that, and especially with Houston, the yeah. Houston Cougars going there, that is the prime example. And I heard they're going to try to pick up Gonzaga. It's so weird. <laughs> Would Gonzaga add football then? That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> or I guess, they I don't know, do they have any football at any level? I honestly don't. I don't. They're like Villanova. I don't know. I really don't know. Hmm. Oh, well. Okay. That's, just, that's for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Always. All right, so you've already said Hamilton to the Mac. Anything else you got on the board? Oh, I have. I am all set. You I have am, all everyone. Like, okay. Yeah, I have. I have. Yes, I am. We'll see. I guess I'll let you go, and we'll see if we agree on any of them. Because I only had a few teams I really thought about that deeply, quite frankly. Okay, so the AAC is a mess. 
Yeah. And uh, that's why I put Ottawa and Montreal there. Yeah. Uh, fitting teams to go into the AAC. Uh, Calgary thinks they're Pac-10. They're actually Mountain West. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where they're going to go. That's where they're at now, yeah. Yeah. Edmonton, pure CUSA vibes. They are Conference USA through and through right now, just kind yeah. of in that, you know, kind of in that mess there. Not really hey, hey, liberty. Hey, hey guys, we're, we're 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 in the big leagues too, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, you, us. Yeah, they, they give you Jackson State kind of feel, Florida International. That and sort I mean, Cusa would probably take them at this point. So, uh, <laughs> do you know what they kind of have Liberty vibes right now? Oof. <laughs> Oof. Oof. I don't yeah, know I if know. I would draw that comparison to anyone. <laughs> Football wise, football wise, not, not any otherwise. Don't no, look up yeah, Liberty. Don't look please. up. Don't look up Liberty University. <laughs> if you like your soul, don't. Uh, and then I went super easy. Mm. BC's Pac-10 or Pac, Pac what, whatever. Pac eight, nine, whatever it is. Yeah, and I, what, I, I was it, struggling with BC because I'm like, I don't really want to subject anyone, unfortunately, to the Pac whatever at this point because it really feels like that conference is going to cease to exist in a few years. Um, but. Think about it. You have Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, the BC Lions, and Simon Fraser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. You can have the new Pac-10. And then BC, I went, I'm sorry, Winnipeg, I went super. They're a Big Ten team. Yes, that, I did agree on that one. That was my other one. I'm like, geographically, I mean, with Minnesota, it makes sense. And just sort of their defense first run football snow oh. thing was all was big 10 all the way yes and doesn't mike o'shea look like a big 10 coach he certainly acts like a big 10 coach oh <laughs> yes that you know what I, now that you say it, i think winnipeg is the easiest you know, you're right it is the easiest one and it is the most truest to a conference identity and that is the winnipeg blue bombers mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty hard to disagree with the rest i mean bc ottawa and montreal were sort of like the obvious spots in, in a way so i was trying to think around if there was some other spot they could go but i don't know i mean well it's it's I so mean, easy now with yeah. everybody just having everything yeah well we didn't i didn't have any um sunbelt no that's why I, like i wish there was someone you could say like if we were doing this last year or even the year before with how fun the Kahari Jones Montreal Alouettes were, yes. they would belong in the fun belt. They're definitely a fun belt team. Now, yeah. eh. no. no, they give yeah, they're serious AAC vibes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and now nobody. We have lost everybody except for the hardcore few. Yeah, well, and it's also interesting that we didn't put anyone in the ACC. <sighs> it's such a weird. They're not a. There's okay, here, really... here's the, here's a thought. Okay, could you then put Ottawa maybe in the ACC because of the Carlton Ravens? Could they go along with them to compete, sort of in basketball? You know what? Just to mix it up, and kind of how they're playing this year as well. They kind of mm-hmm. also have Wake Forest feels, yeah, and that sort of thing. Like, so, du- yeah, it feels like Dustin Crum could give Clemson fits on a, on a random Saturday afternoon in a game they should probably win. Yeah, I think, you know what? Yes, I am now moving them to the ACC. Done. So there you have it. See, see, yes, we have fixed the CFL. Not really. (laughs) No. No. No, we made it worse, as we usually do. If anything, we've angered just all sorts of CFL fans by moving 
every CFL team into a completely different conference from every other CFL team and making them no longer play each other, which is really at the heart of college College football football. realignment. (laughs) (laughs) Rivals be darned. No, forget about history. It's all about, well, if you go into the right conference, it's about money. Otherwise, it's about survival. Yep. No, unfortunately. I don't even want to talk about it. Makes me sad. Well, let's not then. Um, the riders are also fighting for survival now these days, it certainly feels like. Um, mm. They went out to Halifax, and they played the Toronto Argonauts in Touchdown Atlantic for the second straight year. Um, by all accounts, looked like another great event, uh, another great broadcast by TSN, which we wish we saw more of broadcasts like that, but that's another conversation oh. for another day. Okay, before you start. Yep. Sorry, before you continue, how awesome was the whoever was the technical producer and picked all the camera angles? Mm-hmm. Gold medal for you, sir. Yes. Yeah, we saw. I mean, I put it on my piece on Three Down Nation for the week for the broadcasts. I mean, the broadcast was great. I mean, obviously, credit to TSN, credit to the school, and credit to the guy who stood on the roof of the dorms. Oh, <laughs> because just, you yeah. know, because you know more than anyone when you work a broadcast like that, people think, oh, you're. It's like, oh, it's like a three-hour job. No, you're there, like, the entire day leading up to the game, and you're there for, like, ten hours the day before the game. And he was sitting up there all the way on the edge by himself the whole time. (laughs) Well, and then he's locked in. Yeah. Like, you have all the safety things. He is locked in, and that, you know what, that ENG, that shooter, you you know what, and just not even that, to actually get end zone shots, which is hard at a Mm -hmm. Canadian college field, and everything worked great. They were solid in the booth. You know what, it was one of their best broadcasts of the year. Yeah. Well, I wonder if because it was not really a stadium built for broadcast in like any sort of capacity, really, it sort of forced them to get a little creative with the angles because there isn't like, okay, we're in this 30,000 seat stadium with cameras already in place. It's okay. Where are we going to put cameras? <laughs> you know? Yeah, maybe you have, yeah. When your adversity sometimes forces creativity. So mm-hmm. I think you're right on that. Yeah. And also, yeah, no, they should put a robotic camera on the top of every stadium so we can get that all 24. <clears throat> there is an all 20. Yeah. That's like, another well, discussion. Well, I mean, yeah. One that needs to be available on the broadcast so we can, because the angles of some of those plays watching that was just phenomenal. Yes, it was. Everything was phenomenal. Sunny day. And I hope it picked up a area of the country that really need picking up. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the Riders didn't really hold up their end of the bargain. Um, I don't think anyone was surprised that they lost the game for a number of reasons. I mean, of course, number one, they're not that great right now. But n- number two, Toronto is very good right now. But, I mean, if you just think through it logically, even if the Riders were good, they played in Vancouver the weekend before with stops in Regina, obviously, like before and after. Like, it was a hellacious schedule to get through that. So I think even if the Riders were a good team, I would have suspected it probably would have been closer, but they probably still would have lost that game because we see sort of that that kind of cross-country schedule wreaks havoc, on, wreaks havoc on teams in the CFL. And so that wasn't all that surprising. The fact that they looked mostly as lifeless as they did, especially on offense and even surprisingly special teams at the start, is more so the concerning part than the fact that they actually lost the game. And it doesn't matter the sport, like especially the NFL, they try to avoid those East Coast, West Coast back-to-back weeks. And I know they try to do it in the CFL. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of the season, it, this was set up to fail. Like yeah. you, you could have the second coming of 
Ron Lancaster and Darian Durant, and there was slim to none chances that they would get a pull out a win there. But that first half for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders was atrocious. And sure, you look at the stats at the end, and they almost doubled up the Argos and offense. But at the half, it was dead even. Like Toronto put it on cruise control at the end. But that Mm. first half, it was deplorable. Yeah. And and it, but I think the frustrating part is it would be Mason Fine would make two solid plays, get blasted. Mm. Two solid plays, hand off and get blasted. Like it just seemed like it was <laughs> it was just it it just felt like two steps forward, two steps back. It was just a square dance by the riders offensively. Yeah, and I I mean it, once again, another good performance by the defense was spoiled because, I mean, mm. you take the return, the punt return touchdown off the board. That's six plus the convert. That's seven points off the board. You take Mason Fine's interception that set up BC at like the 20, uh, BC, Toronto at like the 26. You take that interception off the board. There's 14 points off the board. And it's like a seven nothing game at the half. And despite all of that, you may be in the game and you have a shot. And if you it's, don't fumble at the one, it's yeah. tied. Yeah, and so that like you follow that script. We've seen that script time and time again, where it's like, okay, Toronto was the better team the entire half. They don't pull away. You get one break late at the half, and all of a sudden, it's a completely different game in the second half. Maybe that happens if all that other crap doesn't happen. Unfortunately for the riders and their fans, it didn't really work out that way. And I think sort of the special teams set that tone early. Like the first return of the game was, I oh. felt like the longest return the riders had given up and stood all season. So you kind of got the feeling right away of, uh-oh. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know? <laughs> well, and then Javon Leak, yeah, the first... Yeah. Punt return was what 35 40 he yards. Got to the, he got around midfield, I believe. Yeah, and it was just instant field position for the field goal. And then, of course, the third punt return touched. We knew what happened after that, but that was it wasn't even bad coverage. No, there were two guys down squaring them off, and it was just three broken tackles. And for Craig Dickinson, who loves who we know his background, mm-hmm. and that is just oh, and there were a lot of just bad tackling in that game. Well, and that's that's just a sign of a team that's worn down and tired from mm-hmm. the time that was. I know it sounds like we're making excuses for the team, but and they will never they'll never come out and admit it publicly, but it is what it is and you it's professional football. You have to try to find a way to overcome it. And they didn't, frankly. No. Um I'm just trying to wrap my head about like the style of play, and it's definitely not what they're doing, but it's what it feels like. It's Now we're going to go to our therapy words. <laughs> I think, I feel, and it's a crappy old man boomer thing that they say it's play not, they're not playing to win, they're playing not to lose. Mm-hmm. And it's what, I know that's not, they, everybody plays to win. Yeah, yeah. And I know they're giving it all to win. And it doesn't, and I, I know the coaches are working probably even when you lose. So like this, you work even harder to try to get back into the winning things. It's it just one of those tidal waves that kind of falls upon each other. And it just it just feels like it's it playing not to lose instead of stepping on the gas and playing to win. Yeah. Like, it's, it, terri- it's, it's terrible. It's it's terrible to say. It's not it's not like it's not they're not. We I understand what you're saying. Like the the philosophy is too conservative. It's not. It's not taking the game by the throat and like saying we are going to do everything. It's more of a, you know, it feels more like okay, we're going to hang around, we're going to play it safe, we're going to hope for the something to break our way rather than trying to make something break your way. Essentially, well, it's and you can even tell in the defense, the Riders' defense, solid. Mm-hmm. Sure, they bent a little bit, didn't break at all. That's at kind of been the. All. That's kind of been the you know the signature of the Jason Shivers defense versus Chris Jones. Chris Jones was very explosive plays, splash plays, scoring defense, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I've you know under Jason Shivers, it's been for the most part more so of a traditional sort of okay, we're, we're going to play sound, solid football versus I need twelve interceptions and eight touchdowns out of you. And then, but that, the Toronto Argonauts were successful with that yep. defense: five sacks, four tackles for a loss. I think two interceptions and a fumble recovery. I mean, who like, knows what the stats say anymore? Yeah, it. <laughs> well, uh, side note: going through it and going through tape, there are a lot of plays missing. There's so many plays missing in their play-by-play. Oh, that's another thing I don't want to get into. 
Anyways, it's we'll just say the CFL stats page is a lot like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders right now. Mm-hmm. They're trying real hard, just not quite getting there. No, no, they're not. And so the question becomes, I mean, where does this sit right now? And I know, of course, because we're in Saskatchewan, as always, the conversation continues to revolve around the quarterbacks and what should be done about that. And because I'm still relatively torn on Mason Fine. Um, I personally, I still don't really believe in him. And even though, okay, he got better sort of as that game went on, it didn't really still inspire confidence in me because, okay, yeah, he got better as the game went on, but Toronto was up 21 nothing, and it's human nature to sit back a little bit in those situations. And they just, he couldn't finish a drive. And I don't expect it, I didn't expect him to come in that game, throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns, and the riders look really good for, for me to say, okay, he should start again. I just wanted to see something, especially off the top when it was a game still some glimmer of something that I can say, okay, he's made progress from the week before and until it was out of reach, I didn't really feel he had. And that's the problem. It is just very, uh, as the kids say, mid, everything is just kind of, you, you've said it, you've said it before. He's just mid. Yeah. I mean, he's not terrible and he's not super awesome. And, and he's just good enough to make a team and good enough to probably have, a 10-year career in the CFL. Yeah. Like, I, I think he's a decent quarterback. I think he's proven he does all right coming off the bench, and some guys are just better at that than having to, you know, do the whole game plan and be the guy throughout the course of a week. But then also, you even mentioned this earlier in the week when we were chatting back and mm-hmm. forth. He played the best two teams in the CFL back-to-back on the road. Yeah, and that's that's the other side of the coin in this is, I'm like, okay, I'm not impressed by the guy. I've never really felt like he has it as Gerald Davis has been liking to talk about, is you generally tell when a quarterback has it when you watch them. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel it with Mason Fine. I think even coming into this year, coming into these games, but yeah, on the flip side, I'm like, okay, he did play the best two teams and probably the two best defenses in the league in back-to-back weeks on the road with fairly significant travel for both of them. So I'm like... (laughs) 5,000 kilometers between the two. I'm like, okay, so in that regard... You know, in a lot of other situations, I'd be saying that this Sunday against the Auto Red Blocks, Jake Dolagala should probably be starting. Yes. Considering all that other stuff, I'm like, you know what? I can understand Mason Fine starting this game. His leash should probably be shorter than it's been, but I can still say, okay, give the guy a week at home where he doesn't have to travel 12 hours to get to a football game, and he's playing a team that is at least comparable to them versus easily the two best teams in the league. Okay, I can understand saying give him that start, but I wouldn't necessarily say it should be you know a retractable leash. It should be a pretty hard one. I 100% agree with that. Sadly, there's not going to be much discourse between <laughs> you and I on that one. But we're you know what we are the minority on that. Yeah, like 100% the minority. Everybody wants Mason Fine's head on a platter, and it's. I mean, they could because the offensive line didn't give them much protection. No. I mean, um, that's, that's another side of it, of course. That's it's it's true. And here's the thing: I don't think the Riders would have won either game with Trevor Harris. No, probably not. It's a little more competitive, probably. But yeah, yeah. I just the way I see it as well. There's a lot of what did you say about Mason Fine? You put him on a different team with different tools. He probably wins. I don't think I said that. It was like, like he's <laughs> he's he's the type of guy that if you had 
Winnipeg's receivers and offensive line, he probably would have won both games. Yeah, maybe. Or at least split. Or at least split. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean the way the the way that BC game went with a little you know, even with some help on the offensive line and a couple of things, he could have won that game. Mm-hmm. I don't think Toronto there was ever really a chance, but that BC game was technically there for them if they had pre- if they had a couple of things break their way. It was oh yeah, all those red zone that red zone efficiency ooh, ooh, ooh stinky that yeah. might be well, yeah. And I'm and I'm also along the lines of okay, you start Mason Fine. Because, I mean, realistically, I don't know if anyone else on the roster is even really that much better than him. Like, Shea Patterson is not, he's probably not ready yet. I mean, we haven't really seen him in a game since the preseason, but I'm doubting he's at the point where you're going to throw him into the fire like this. Jake Dallagala throws a harder football. Um, He does a few things differently than Mason Fine, but at best, they're probably at the same level. So does it really make that big of a difference in terms of their long-term prospects on how this season is going to go? Probably not. It's Yeah, it'd be the same guys, just different mistakes. Yeah, It would be instead of a out pick six, it'd be something deep or he would, yeah, it would just, yeah, just different mistakes. And Shea Patterson, yeah, he, he is what? four games into Canadian rules and yeah, maybe yeah, it's Shea Patterson too. <laughs> we, we can't, we that. can't have Michigan quarterbacks. Over no, here, we so. can't, especially Shea Patterson, Michigan quarterbacks. Oh man. The Harbaugh effect. You can't have that here. No, we don't, we, we don't, we can't have guys eating burgers for breakfast around here. <laughs> and never <laughs> deny it. Never. De- I will take a four game suspension and never deny it. Uh, well, a four game suspension against, a bird of Toledo. schedule. <laughs> and East Carolina. Uh, he could have played the Hamilton Ticats if they were in the MAC. It's true. He wants no part of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the Big Ten. No. Heavens no. They're they're too close in color. He'd be very confused. He, oh, and he would look across and see it like almost kind of his cousin in Michael Shea. It'd be kind of weird. Yeah. But here's the thing. So despite everything that's going on with this team right now, um, they're in spiral. Things aren't looking good. They're still, they still could potentially hold their own destiny here. Like they don't have to run the table the next few weeks to put themselves in a pretty good chance at making a playoff spot. Um, okay. They got to do well against Ottawa and Montreal coming up with this, which is not as easy of a task as it used to be. Um, but on the flip side, the it's shaping up. If there's not going to be a eastern crossover to the west, which would be fun, um, I would love that. I'm here for it. A lot of us are here for it. A few of us that enjoy chaos, I think, are definitely here for it because it, it would just be fun and different, and we can it's something that we can finally say happened, and we can say that we saw it happen. Um, I just, I just don't know if I ultimately trust all three teams in the East outside of Toronto to remain better than at least one of the riders of the Stampeders. Me neither. It's something, somebody will fall. Some sure. Something will collapse, especially as they start playing each other more. I'm like, someone's going to get the raw end of this and it's not going to be quite enough. It, it might be close, but I don't know if it's going to be quite enough. So, you know, it still could happen, but realistically, there's a pretty good chance right now we're looking at, you know, here we are the start of August and the CFLs and not maybe necessarily the best spot where it's like, okay, the BC Lions pretty much already have a home playoff game locked up. 
Winnipeg gets a couple of wins, they're probably secure in second place at least. Um, Toronto's pretty much already got first and the East locked up. Edmonton's already out of it. Um, so you're looking at a two-team race for third in the West already on August 1st, and you're looking at a three-team race for two spots in the East on August 1st. When you already have that much already sort of, not officially, but more or less decided barring something silly, it's not, it's maybe not the best for the league, but if you're the Riders, I think if you're at the start of August and you say, okay, it's between us and them and making the playoffs, let's go, that's Probably a spot considering the last year they were in, they'd take. Does 7 and 11 make the playoffs? I mean, it might. Oy. <laughs> but <laughs> back to the schedule. Mm. And we, you talked about crossover. It's Montreal, yep. it's Ottawa, Montreal for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Two teams, if they win, will pretty much I sh- almost eliminate them from the crossover. Yeah. Because they'll have two games on both of them. And then they have the gauntlet of uh, Winnipeg and BC after that, whereas Calgary, they have the gauntlet now before they, they have the Edmonton back-to-back for their Labor Day games. So, Which, yeah, I this... mean, if Edmonton's going to get a win this year, it feels like it's going to come in one of those two games, right? In McMahon, of course. Yeah. Not in Commonwealth. That oh, or that, and then if they get that win, they'll get some other garbage win late in the year against a team that doesn't care anymore. Yep. Other than that, if they if they don't win either of those games, they could go winless because at that point, even if they're playing fourteen one, I don't know what their schedule is like, but say they're playing, you know, a fourteen one BC team later, BC may actually care because they don't want to be the one to Edmonton. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but as but, you but, said, yeah, for Saskatchewan, this is two crucial games. Yep. And one at home. This is, you know what? Like I never thought of a mid-season, early August during Queen City X <laughs> game against the Ottawa Red Blacks would be so crucial. <laughs> it just seems so wild that this is a big game. This is a huge game now, yeah. Because it, yeah, I mean, realistically, so, oh. because I mean, next week the game after in Montreal, that's always a tough trip. That's yeah, going whatever. to be a tough one. They may lose that game, but if they win this one. Realistically, Calgary could go 0 and 4 in their next four with games against Toronto, Winnipeg, and BC. Yeah. They may they, they may sneak one out against someone, but realistically they could go 0 and 4. So in that same four game stretch, if you're the Riders, you'd like to win probably at least two games to give yourself a little bit of a cushion in terms of what's going on in the West here. And then you'd be six points up with seven games left. That's pretty much seal the deal. Yeah. Cause I don't think they played well, Calgary has the season series, so I guess that's one thing. That is a thing, and that's you know that you know that was a game that kind of got away from them a little bit. That I mean, either team could have won that game, and the Riders ultimately had a chance to win that game, but the defense just couldn't make the play when they needed to, right? So, yeah, story of the season. Yeah, I'm just looking at the schedule here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but really yeah. bad at knowing the schedule. Like, I don't know. I always, like, every week I have to be, when do they play again? I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> well, like, it, the vague idea. So the Riders would have, yeah, Toronto. Sorry, they would have Ottawa, Montreal, and I think BC yeah. before they have. Oh, they play Calgary again on October 13th. Okay. So so there here. is there is going to be a clear series winner. It's not just, you know, so, point differential or anything like that. It might come down to that. 
You might. Because, yeah. I mean, well, leading up to that, though, the Riders, before that week, they have Hamilton the week before, BC, and Ottawa again, and Edmonton. Oh, wow. So that's after the back-to-back with the Bombers. They play Edmonton, Ottawa, BC, Hamilton, Calgary. Then they play Toronto, and then they're off the last week of the season. So eight and ten. Wait, the CFL schedule three games on the last week of the regular season? Jesus Christ. Again. (laughs) Oh, God, why? Between that and the July 1st weekend, (laughs) I don't even want (laughs) to. July 1st, I can kind of understand, but the pinnacle of the season, eh, put three teams on a bye, it's fine. Yeah. Anyway, but I mean, like, schedule-wise, once they get past those two games against the Lions, I mean, against the Bombers, back-to-back, you're like, okay. That's not the worst schedule in the world. Sure, they got BC in a couple times, and then they got Toronto, but the rest of those games are all, relatively speaking, winnable. So 9-9? Nine and nine? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd bet on 9-9, nine and nine, but it's not... I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility. If they... And it's all... It, kind of starts this week if if they can come out and if they can look good against Ottawa if they can beat Ottawa and if Mason Fine gives you a, gives us a performance that leads us to believe that he could start leading this team to victory then maybe I could believe that they could win six more games this year because they have three wins right now right yeah yeah August 6th is the biggest game of the year <laughs> yeah that's gross. During Queen City X. During the exhibition while Sloan plays in the background. It was all planned by Tim Reed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.